we're back. And there she is. I'm here with. <laughs> is, that, is that a chocolate chip cookie? Yes. Yes, it is. That is the incorrect cookie, ma'am. No, it is not. And don't even at me on this. I'm good. No, that is not. the most most incorrect cookie. It is oatmeal raisin or GTFO. So, and there she goes, folks. And uh, we're not going to talk to chocolate chip lovers on this podcast. And I don't, I don't just kidding. Feds. <laughs> <laughs> only feds eat oatmeal raisin. Only fed boys eat oatmeal raisin. I'm totally going to shamelessly plug my the new shirts that we have, though. Yes, and well-dressed, well-read, and well-armed. I, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. That's nice. Those are for, those are for we the female, so I uh, just got those in. <laughs> hey, while we're talking about it, let's uh, let's drop yeah. all the plugs right up front, and then uh, we can get right into it, right? All right. How's my audio? I'm using a new piece of equipment here. Am I good for y'all? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Coming in loud and clear, Great. just like all females should be. Absolutely. <laughs> good answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes it's gonna be one of those shows <laughs> oh of course always with me <laughs> with you. all right so you got uh, we the female uh, stilettos and shotguns yes i think I, I got it right this time yeah you did so. you did thank you very much we the female is our nonprofit organization and stilettos and shotguns is um if you're, if you're not offended easily and you like some some good political call out that's that's where you can find me <laughs> And also on uh, TikTok, because I, uh, I found you on uh, on the old TikTok as well. Yeah, I'm not on TikTok very often. And, uh, <laughs> you know, TikTok is great, and I'm in trouble constantly. on Like, I'm surprised oh, yes. I still have an account. Most of my stuff gets taken down. Um, yet, interestingly enough, I responded to this one dingbat who I guess does this stuff all the time. It's, you know, because these are attention horror things over there. And I'm, I'm, let's just be, I'm just too old for TikTok. I have one because it's part of, like, getting my voice out there for the work yes. I do. But yes. I'm 42 and I'm on there because I'm cool. Yeah, I'm 47 and I'm on there um, not because I'm a MILF, but it's because well, I needed to do something. I, I needed to, I, to there's a, 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 an audience there I need to reach. But apparently I had no idea how alt-left extreme that the majority, I mean, it's insane. Oh, I yes. Loved, it's like there's, it's like people have nothing but a full-time job reporting you over there. Um, and I have that's because they have no other gainful employment. So yeah, they sit there well, on TikTok and they report. Your apparently you can go to work um, doing influence work for the, uh, for the White House. Yes, of course. Right. Yeah. 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 And uh, you can allegedly be a guy and you can have long fingernails and wear makeup and everything. So. Which, you know, whatever. I could care less about that, but don't, don't sit there and try to. Anyway, I could go on for hours about that shit, but anyway. <laughs> Same um, here. Same. I, here. I remember when we could use the word tranny and it was cool. In some circles, you still can. Yeah. I mean, they still have tranny shows down in New Orleans, and that's 45 minutes that way. So Yeah, a few of my friends that are actually in the, the gun industry that are trans women are like, one of them in particular, um, you should have her on sometime, actually. She's great. Um, her name is Erin Paulette, and she actually was the founder of uh, Operation Blazing Swords. And then she does, uh, I think she does most of the media work for Pink Pistols too, but she's, yeah. uh, um, uh, 
I don't know if you're familiar with her, but um, she started Operation Blazing Swords after, which I love the name, um, after she lost some friends in the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. Yeah. Um, but she says, I'm going to make the word tranny great again. I'm like, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, take it back. Take it back. Yeah, reclaim it. Yeah. I'm yeah. It, so. I, I mean, I, I wish all people would be armed. And, uh, you know, that includes the, the transsexual people out there. Everybody. That includes the weirdos that are asexual and people who believe they're owl kin or fox kin or whatever. That is, hey, you know, whatever. You stay know. strapped. Yeah. I mean, we've got, I, in fact, I didn't realize that I went to a range day this last weekend and I wore my arm. I couldn't find, we just moved, you know. Um, well, let me rephrase it. I'm yeah. still I'm back and forth between here and Washington because I still have an open court case in Washington um, yeah. where, where I'm suing the suing the state. But um, so I'm back and forth. I'm still I'm still a resident in in Washington. But um, so that but that window my, is fastly closing, though, as as they like to say. Well, as soon as the case is over. Right. That's right. It'll be official. But so they I can't find anything right because everything's still in boxes but I've got these great t-shirts to say and it's one of my favorite designs it says arm all the people and it's all the little like you know like my little phone here but it's like all the little bathroom like and oh like, yeah, yeah. One, and then they're all different color you know the rainbow and a half and then they're all with different guns and stuff and it's it's one of my favorite designs well apparently that ended up being a bigger hit than I anticipated because I posted I was you saw that where I was dancing with the the yeah the full auto mags and um people were like all over where'd you find that where'd you get that shirt i'm like okay well maybe i should probably all right start selling yeah i guess so well all the money goes to the organization so um but i had no idea no yeah, no yeah, that's, that's fine i'm pleasantly surprised that it was that popular so <laughs> anyway. yeah that's kind of one of those things i i um I like to do little t-shirts and coffee mugs every now and then. I'm kind of surprised what will take off like this. Mm -hmm. The last time I had a wild West pimp style and it said that in crazy purple letters and I had a pimp hat and then two cross pistols on it. And as soon as I put that one up there, it sold a couple almost immediately. And I was like, Oh, that's the one that takes off. But my one that has a giant middle finger that says, here's my permit. You know, right, that, right. That, that one stays on the shelf. <laughs> I know it's funny. And you know, it's, it's one of those things we, you know, talking about like the brands and stuff. And there's some people out there that have some brands that I, I they, they have people, I adore them. They're wonderful, but their aesthetic isn't quite mine. So it's really hard to dig through their sites to find, you know, something to buy to support them and, and things. So I, I'm, that's, you know, it's, I, I come from the retail, like my background is the beauty fashion industry, retail yeah. marketing. So I, I understand how to appeal to the, you know, different, different markets that way. But like you said, sometimes you just don't know what's going to hit and it's, yeah. you know. Yeah. And same, same goes for the podcasting world. I, I've had some where I'll all of a sudden have a spike of new listeners and it's not because I had anybody big on. It's like uh, my Scott Horton episode did pretty well, but it was a couple of episodes after that, that got a huge spike and that was just me complaining at the news. I was like, why right. that one? <laughs> yeah, same thing with my, you know, I'm more, certainly more active on Instagram is, is my most active platform. And sometimes I'm like, what are, you, what are you guys, what? This is like the stuff you love. What happened? And then, then you start to wonder, is it your followers or is it Instagram or, you know, and. Probably Instagram. Probably. Maybe, but there's no really, there's no real way to tell, you know. So. <sighs> That's true. Um, yeah. And then we just had this a uh, couple days ago where uh, Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp all went down for a few hours. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was fun for the Instagram folks out there. You know, and I was I was actually fine with it. I I have so you know we bought uh, a significant amount of property here to homestead, and uh, so and I I'm um, I'm I'm going back to school at 47 years old, 
Um, I do a lot of um, herbal medicine and, and stuff, and uh, oh, okay, and have have been requested a lot to start doing some teaching and things. And you know, obviously, regional is one thing with that too, right? Like the herbs that I that I can forage in Washington are different. yeah, not gonna not gonna be the same down in Texas, right? Or Georgia, yeah. So it's um, so I'm going back to school to to you know refine my skills with that a little bit um mostly identification because I, what can I, I love these book boy right the boys right the the redacted squad and they're you know well, carrie you you know you have a shitty group and you're not going to be able to i'm like i don't i don't need to have a great grouping because i'm going to outlive you because you're going to eat the wrong mushroom because you think it's all about guns and and ammo and can't eat bullets and you can't eat bullets and you can't um, there, look, there rifle slings make shitty bandages. There is a reason why now during a triage appointment in the military, that one of the first questions they ask you is, are you changing your socks regularly? And that's because in Vietnam, they lost a lot of dudes. That's how you get trench foot, foot infection <laughs> and stuff. So, um, you know, what can you use to, to solve that problem? Well, I just got bit by a spider earlier. I don't know if you saw that on my Instagram, but I put it up there. I actually made a, um, a poultice for it out of echinacea and turmeric and took it, took it down like this. So yeah, you know, that's the stuff that, that really matters. So if you're into, and I know that that was something you wanted to talk about, actually, is if you're seriously, and I'll, I'll let you have your podcast back in a minute, but, 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 but I'm going to let you finish, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kanye. But uh, that it's I, I, obviously we'll get into this, but it's much more than just ammo and guns. Way yeah. more, way more survival. I mean, if you're serious about prepping, it's it's way bigger than just ammo. <laughs> yeah, anybody who's uh, been around a little bit from this prepper movement, and a lot of us have been around because of the Y2K thing at the at the beginning of the uh, the millennium and everything. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot more than just guns and training and that, mm -hmm. that does make a, a big portion of it, but it's not the only thing. And I, I even got guys that, you know, live around here and I'll go over to the gun range across the river and uh, I'll see these guys and they've got, you know, high speed, low drag equipment and everything, but they're, you know, 50 pounds overweight. Uh, they, you know, getting into a huff, just trying to sit down at the bench and everything. And it's like, I don't know what you're doing. Even hunting, you need to be in a little bit better shape than that. So Look, there's a reason that rule number one is cardio, right? Yes, exactly. And, you know, we, you know, the hubs takes me out. We're not hunters. I'm, I'm going to learn how to hunt. I actually have a girlfriend who's a big hunter, big advocate hunter. She's yeah. awesome. And she's. Um, and there are hogs all over Georgia. You know, yes. You'll I, never I, run out of bacon ever. That's a fact. Fortunately, um, where I live, my property doesn't have any. Um, and we know that because we now have spotted, we thought we had three, we had now have just spotted four deer. Um, yeah, there you and go. And I've got some wild turkeys out here. I have two little foxes. We named them uh, Bernadette and Bernice. We don't know if they're both girls or not, but we named them. Um, <laughs> you so, got to get up close to a fox in order to find that out. So, And it's and they can get a little nutty, right? I mean, they're, obviously, they're lightning fast. And if you're in the unfortunate position that you actually have them cornered, it's not going to be pretty. So no. um, I'm, I'm good to go. We'll just pretend. Uh, we'll just say that they identify as. But, um, <laughs> but they... Um, you know, so I know we don't have hogs because we've got all those critters running around for now. I mean, that could change. Yeah. Hunting is not my thing, um, but I'm going to learn because it is a skill that I, I need to know. I yeah. need to know the skill. 
So um, that that's coming up, but uh, yeah, and not just the not just the kill, because you got to learn how to dress it and gut it and everything uh, else. So yeah, and I'm so not into it. Um, but but I understand that it's it's a necessary evil. Um, but you know, I, I do a lot of plant medicine. I know how to forage. I know how to eat plants out of the woods, and you know, and I hate mushrooms. But guess what? I can I know which ones I can eat. Yeah, you know, survive if I had to, and and it's we go out so we have woods um some of our acreage is all wilderness wooded and stuff and well, i want to say wilderness because we do get actual self-service out there which is interesting but uh, yeah. i can't get it in part of my house but i can get it out in the middle of the woods but um, <laughs> it's like the towel like like bin laden like that that son of a bitch was getting it in a cave in the middle of nowhere and i can't get it in, in starbucks like what you know i don't go starbucks but you get my point <laughs> like what is that so anyway um but sometimes we'll just go out there and he he'll just take me walking to to help me because he his is all tactical training but just to be silent you know most of these mfers are moving without being noticed yeah, yeah yeah just being real quiet when you walk and being able to look ahead you know more than three feet in front of you to see what branches and to like can you go this way or are you gonna have to make a bunch of noise you know and it's yeah what else stuff. came this way before me that's that's the other thing you gotta that keep too for hunting yeah exactly good or bad i mean Obviously, you saw the internet blow up last week because of that dude that shot that cougar. Yeah, yeah. And, and I have uh, one that actually had to do that, like real yeah. stuff. He's like, "This is why I carry an AR when I go mountain bike riding behind my house." And he had a, <laughs> he had an eight foot long cougar. Yeah, and uh, those mountain lions can get up upwards of two hundred and fifty pounds, and it's all muscle because that's all they do all day is climb trees and kill things. It, and yeah, so. and it was my friend that I mean he was. A he didn't when he had to kill this beautiful it was a female and he was dead yeah. he didn't want to have to kill her but it was like it was her or him and he he was like not today little girl and little girl he had to she was so big that he couldn't even drag her or carry her back down he had to strap her onto his bicycle and walk her back down the hill yeah it was a few years ago which is it's actually not as uncommon as people think of in washington state it happens quite a bit but. <laughs> yeah yeah uh that's that's actually kind of the one thing i keep hearing some of these hunters talking about how good mountain lion tastes so I don't know. Uh, that's kind of one of the that's kind of one of those uh, bucket list items. It's like I want to eat I want to eat an elephant in Africa and I want to eat a mountain lion at some point. So I mean, it's probably pretty lean, obviously. Um, yeah, I would feel like it would be kind of tough, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to find one, shoot one, and <laughs> save you a piece, like, and then bring it over to like, you. Tastes like chicken, you know. Whatever. Right? <laughs> We've all had Chinese foods, and that's that's mostly cats. So. But, but, uh, Put a, put a hot sauce on it like the military does everything, and you'll be good to go. <laughs> That's right. I remember many MREs. I stole everybody's uh, little little vials of uh, Tabasco sauce. Yeah, the little mini. Yeah. yeah. It was all about the Tapatio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tapatio is pretty good, too. Uh, I'm also a big fan of uh, Valentin and uh, Cholula. So, some other good hot sauces out that. there. We got a lot of that around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we the females still going pretty good. With females going uh, better than I could have imagined, yeah. Um, you know, this is, October is not just Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It is also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And yes. So, um, I, we, I, if I do have a, um, I send it to you if you don't mind adding it to it. Um, we do have a, go, a fundraising link through PayPal right now um, for that because, you know, we do, I do education outreach. I travel the country and I teach defensive mindset. Um, I don't teach just firearms. I did become a firearms instructor and I think, I can't remember if that's been since I was on. No, I think I was last time I was on your show. Um, yeah. so, cause it was, I found a need 
that needed to be filled in my own area for a female instructor um, that also was not, well, female instructor in addition, not NRA um, instructor. So um, it was amazing to, to come to discover how many people that were ultra conservative that just assumed that they were shocked when they found out I wasn't an NRA member, but I was a gun owner which was this crazy moment for me to realize that that's how many people there, right? Cause we in the world, right? The, the gun community or the social media community or the, the Liberty communities, whatever the, that means. Right. Yeah. We, we know that, that, but there are legitimately people that aren't in that world, especially some of the older people that they literally thought that I could not be a gun owner unless I was an NRA member. Yeah. So uh, right here on the screen, I, I posted oh, it up you. here. So here's the uh, the PayPal link. So when you get there, that's that's what it looks like. Thank you. And uh, I'll have that linked down below in the show notes uh, after the show is over. So uh, be sure to check that afterwards. So 100 percent of the money. I don't get a paycheck from that. Um, we're certainly not making the kind of money <laughs> to do that. So even when I even when I teach firearms classes, um, the classes, when people pay for them, all of that money goes back in. Um, to do education and outreach, which is defensive mindset based, um, because I work, I'm a domestic violence survivor. I work with a lot of domestic violence survivors and I understand yeah. that it's like I say, the easiest way to say it is I can't arm the women in some cases until I help them understand that their lives are worth saving to begin with. And that's a yes. huge disconnect. And I know you've seen me talk about this. I actually go on rants about it. Um, I think that it's incredibly hypocritical of the gun community and the liberty community to sit and preach, everybody needs to be armed. Every woman needs a gun. Okay, so you're the same person that's bitching because you don't want somebody telling you how to live your life, but then you're turning around and telling someone that they have to have a gun. You know? No, I don't, I don't think they're for everybody. No, they're not for everybody. And it was, no. my daughter does not like guns. She's a knife girl. I don't know where the hell she got that because I'm not. I don't like knives. Um, but she. But guess what? She knows how to run one because she like she's she's like that. Um, she's definitely like that agor. Like she's a peace anarchy agorist kind of. She's you know she's of the. I wish that we didn't have to have weapons. I don't want weapons. Yeah. Um, but I understand the world is not built that way, and so I need to know you know how to defend myself. Right. From, and uh, she's very well. It sounds like you got a good head on a good head on her shoulders. That kid, man, I could go on for an hour. She's amazing. When she was yeah. fifteen, she walks around the corner at home. She, I, she, I think she was reading Ayn Rand or whatever. I, I don't know. But um, she, oh, she oh don't reading, don't keep perpetuating that myth. Oh. <laughs> she was reading her way young, but she's like to the point now where she's in college and and uh, I'm like, honey, it's it's okay. We will buy your food for you. Your your job is. I know. I just don't want you to, I should be, I need to be responsible for myself. I'm like, Emma, like, you can wait until you're out of school. Yeah. To have this. But she's to that extreme. And, and I didn't give her that, which is interesting. But when she was 15, she comes around the corner. I'm going to drop an F-bomb just so you know. Yeah. I mean, you can say fuck, piss, shit, cunt if you want to. All right. so. Well, actually, cunt is one of my favorite words. But uh, so, so she said, mom, there's no better fuck you to the government than learning how to live without them. 15. Yep. And then she okay. proceeds to say, "She needs to be a future guest." <laughs> you, yeah, if you could get her to do it, yeah, she's actually great. I mean, because she's pretty, she's big, she's big in environmentalism. Because that's what I was to say next. She said, "Yeah, why can't people?" Fifteen. Why can't people just fucking understand that environmentalism and capitalism 
are not like they're mutually they're exclusive. not mutually exclusive yeah right. they, exactly that's exactly what she said yeah if you own property said, take take care of it and she said and the minute that the government gets involved is when it gets all screwed up and so i looked at her i'll never forget this my husband looked at me kind of laughed and i said get out of my house like go to college like there's literally nothing else i can teach you. yeah like, you're good like, you're good it. so she's um she skipped her senior year um of high school and she's at oregon state studying um literally studying how to be ungovernable. She's studying like bio resource research or something like that, some STEM degree. And one of her favorite lanes in this is hydroponics, like how to grow crops on, on fish ponds. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, there you go. Right? Yeah. yeah. You raised them right. Yeah. She's, she's a pretty cool kid. Um, you know, there's, it's little things that we can start seeing, you know, where she can easily fall into some stuff. And so we, we're real careful with her, you know, and we don't ever lecture her cause they don't hear that stuff. But um, yeah, yeah. my husband, we sit her down and we just get her talking around it and then she'll get real frustrated and we get her thinking and we're like, are you sure that you're, that you're sticking to your value? Like, are you being skewed by this? And, you know, I think one of the best things that we can do for our children is, is not just to sit and, and tell them these things, but to engage them in conversation. Yeah. And also just show like, it to them. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. If, you, if you're living the life and you're being that yeah, example for them, they'll, yeah. they'll pick up more on that than yeah. sitting them down and saying, all right, now, little Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because there are things on occasion that she will uh, send me, you know, like little memes and this and that and other. And she'll say, I blame you for this. And it's like something that's anti-government. <laughs> Just like question, you know, we're big anti-federalists in this house and she loves Patrick Henry and Thomas Jefferson, you know, and it's always one of those kind of things. And we taught her the good and the bad of history in American history. You know, there's, yeah, it's know, not we, all sunshine and rainbows on, on the American history front. Yeah. Right. We won. So we write it. Right. So we, we talk about George Washington and, and, and everybody with these godlike, you know, depictions, but, George Washington was incredibly ego driven. And, yep. and while he saw the bigger picture that we were never going to be free, which is all they teach, right? Well, what they used to teach. Yeah. What, what really helped to push him into that was he wanted military glory like his brother, who's, who, you know, who served for the, for the king, right? He, he served under the king in the military and was an officer. And he was, and Washington was salty because he served and, and, over in well he was kind of a blunder a little bit during the <laughs> the french indian war but then you know made it up and ended up being this hero but he was never going to be that general he was never going to get that that level of respect that he wanted and that promotion you know a general that he wanted to be so that was part of it now does it fold into the fact that you know that king george looked at it looked at the colonists as second class citizens yes i mean that is why and and he yeah. realized he made that connection and realized he's always going to look at it this way they're never going to the same blah blah i'm a history nerd as you can tell so um particularly revolutionary war history so um but it's interesting how many people don't they don't know that and they don't understand you know um i've got there's a really good book if y'all like reading um and, and for those of, for the ladies out there that are listening, you're going to love this book. Um, but a total of 9% of my audience are, are it, women. So, well, we should change that. Shut me on here more. Than it's more it's not on. always a sausage fest around here. So not always. It's a nine. It's, it's only a, was a 94% sausage fest. Um, but I mean, I would love to see more men read it. I don't think a lot of men do read it, but it's, it's called revolutionary mothers. I'll have to get you the name of the author, but she writes it's, it's, uh, about the women of the Revolutionary War. 
and she writes it it's very raw and it's very real and so she, and she does it so you can read it in sections you don't have to read it all the way through although you probably will um and she's like you know this was what the camp followers went through right this is what the the patriot women went through this yeah. is what the loyalists and she humanizes even the people that we aren't supposed to but my favorite chapter totally on a tangent now my favorite chapter in the book is the native american women during the revolutionary war and how both the continental army and the british army struggled working with them and trying because they both needed them right i mean we all know that right they that was a big to do and that we everybody wanted that all of the everybody fighting wanted one of the natives because they knew the land and, and so on but native americans are a matriarchal society particularly especially back then and so yeah they would go to the men right the chiefs and the, the leaders of these tribes well the the you know the chiefs would say you've got to talk to the women's council is essentially what they it, there was a much eloquent you know more eloquent name based on the tribes right whatever they were but, but essentially they're women's councils uh and ask the women and these white men were like what 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 do you mean we gotta go talk to the women they're like hey man you want us to fight you gotta get their approval so these white men had to go kiss the asses of these native americans <laughs> And the Native American women. Yeah, that's it there. Thank you. So um, anyway. Yeah, Carol Birkin right there. Yeah, it's one of my favorite. Um, it's one of my favorite chapters that in that book. Um, but it, and then it goes on like this, you know, the, the, the black woman. And then the, anyway, so it's really cool the way the way she tells the story. Um, and then she does some individual stories of, of people that we know some of their their you know, obviously Abigail Adams and stuff, but um, yeah, it's a good book. If you want to learn about how more about the women and the way that they, that's, a, I've got, a, I've got several, but that's, that's one of my favorites and just the way she writes it and that whole thing about the yeah. Native American women, because very few people probably know that, um, particularly about the, about Native tribes, but especially about the Native, the, their impact on the war and how, nah, they weren't fighting unless the women said so. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. not a lot of people realize how yeah. instrumental the uh, Algonquin and Mohican tribes were back All then. The Cherokees, yeah. and um, which my husband is half native, and he's a Creek Indian, and Creeks were from the the Cherokee Nation. Yeah, like all of those names came down many, many years later, more when they started taking their land. But that's a whole other <laughs> podcast. But um, yeah, so where we're where we're living now is right back in Creek Creek, you know, Indian territory kind of a thing and so he's feeling very he's very um you could like if you ever meet my husband you would understand that he you could tell he's very connected to the i mean he's not a stereotypical native at all i mean he looks like he's you know he, no gray but blonde hair blue eyed you know and but he's very he listens to the he's very much about listening to the earth and, and letting it tell him which is probably why he was good at what he did in the military so <laughs> Because he had that you know, inherent <laughs> ability to just kind of be like, this is probably not the best place to do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, yeah, so it's it's cool. So natives were a huge impact, obviously, in the war. Um, but very few, very, very few people know about the impact of the Native American women and how they they literally were probably, arguably, one of the biggest reasons the Continental Army won. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, for all those out there that are, you know, pounding their chests and going hua hua and everything, just also remember that the Belgians and the, and the French also helped out. So it wasn't just the, the little old colonies by itself. You know, they had a lot of help. So I get in a lot of arguments with people. And I, and I do, let, let, me be, let me be clear. I've got some friends that are French uh, that live here in America now. And when they got new dirt, they, you know, one of them, Bastille Knives, uh, beautiful knife maker, man. He's, he's so cool. I love giving him a hard time. Absolutely love giving him a hard time about speaking German and, you know, and all this stuff. And I said, look, but the reality is I know that we would still be subjects if it wasn't for you. And he goes, hmm. and they're very French, right? Because they, they just have, I <laughs> yeah. love the French. Because there's there's sarcasm, like British sarcasm and like a dry humor. And then there's French sarcasm, which just has this more. Which hurts just a little bit more. Yeah. It's just. <laughs> Well, it's just so much more, it, it's, it's like, like British, it's like they do it, they go out of their way to do it to be, to be hurtful, where the French are just hurtful, like they just don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. I just, I, I dig it and, and I enjoy them. And so I love to explain to people about, I'm like, mm, y'all might want to stop <laughs> talking shit on the French because right now, especially right now, because the French are acting more like Americans and Americans right now. And he and I talked about that a little bit. Yeah, every time I see those, uh, every time I see those uh, protests with the yellow vest and everything, I was like, "Oh man, they got thousands of people in the street." That guy smacked his president in the face. They they rented a fertilizer truck and sprayed Macron's house with horse shit. I mean, this, so I was talking to him about this, my my friend, and he, and I said, you know, look, I said we can sit here and talk a lot of shit, but the French flat out know when to light it off because they don't care. But he goes, yeah, and he's sitting there, and he's looking at. It. He's like, "Yes, we used to it. We just we get mad. We done with you." Like <laughs> he just didn't care. He's like, eh. "It's like it's, it's, it's our culture. We just fuck you." Come <laughs> 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 more of that here, and he says, "Yes, you could." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need a little more of that added attitude going around especially with everything that's happened in the last 18 months i, I don't understand why people are just going along with it at this point it's like Look, guys come on you know we they, stacked bodies for much less yeah uh, yes and no yes and no um I, I could i could venture to argue with that um a little bit i know that uh you know well we would have stacked the bodies now but it took over 10 years before we actually let off and a lot of people don't realize that there was a lot of a lot yeah. of back and forth, begging and pleading and, and and stuff before we finally said enough is enough. Like it wasn't just, in fact, you know, I'd have to look up the exact dates, but it was like, what, five, six years after the Boston Tea Party. It wasn't like we threw tea in and just started lighting up, lighting off. That's yeah, no, it was, the, yeah, yeah, there was a buildup. Yeah, there was a buildup to it. Which, by the way, it was a woman who came up with the idea for that and made the costumes that they wore. Native, she she made their Native American little costume. Yeah, yeah. She it was a, it was a woman's idea. So y'all know. <laughs> of course it was. Uh, well, right. that's look. Women at the end of this is what this is what, right. You're gonna get a lot of probably heat on this one on the on the comeback on this one. But at the end of the day, go for it. I look forward to the hate mail. There is a reason. Well, if you get hate mail for this, it's because it's dudes that. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say because you never know me not to. It's because yeah, you're go insecure. for it. It's because you're insecure. You're probably the dude that calls yourself an alpha male because any dude that actually has to tell somebody they're alpha really isn't. 
Um, no. and, and chances are you probably have women issues or mommy issues in some way, because at the end of the day, bottom fucking line, and this is a historical fact, women have been the rise and fall of empires for millennia because yes. we are that powerful. The problem we're having now, let's fast forward into feminazism, right? And this is why I'm a real feminist and why I push for real about re-educating about real feminism versus this feminazi bullshit or this, and then the anti-feminists, they're just as bad because they're letting the other ones get away with their shit. And I'm like, we still need feminism because both of you guys are acting like fools. But the, the thing is, is that these women in their smash the patriarchy bullshit, I'm like, you are already holding the power. Us men don't do anything without y'all's approval. Boom, right? How many, now to be fair, I think this is definitely regional, but for the most part, I think it's, I think it's safe to say that a significant number of, if not most men, if a woman doesn't like, like guns and she says, you're not bringing that into my house, there isn't one in the house. So, yeah. and, and so, which goes back to the whole thing with you want to, you know, I'm going to circle back to uh, guns is you want, you want to change guns. You need to change. You, you need to get the women on board and not just this women were the fastest growing demographic for gun sale. I'm like, guys, I feel like they've been saying that for 246 years, as long as the goddamn country has been around. Yeah. But, um, but last, you know, we just recently had an article where they've got data to show it. And, oh my God, that's great. It's one I'm like, God. And so there's a manufacturer, I don't know who it is. Um, my friend had to sign an NDA. So all I know is that there is a major gun manufacturer who has designed a gun for women. And I'm irritated by that. And the reason I'm irritated by that is we don't need another gun design for women. We don't need another pink gun. Now, now, don't come at me. If you like your pink guns, that's cool. Get a pink gun. I'm just saying that. And go get it. Dude, and go for it. Guys, you too. If you want a pink gun, go for it. Get a fucking pink gun. I don't care. Honestly, do it after market with a Cerakote because you're going to get a way cooler job. Just saying. Yes. Yes. Then then mine that stock shit. Cerakote, all the things. Right? I'm just saying we don't need you to throw another one in the market. What we do need is for the industry to change how they approach gun ownership for women. And when yeah. I post, when I post, particularly on Instagram, um, on my Be The Female stuff, when I post about the shit that, that gun owners say, uh, the pro 2A people about, you know, guns, or I post about abuse, or I, this just happened, as a matter of fact, it was a big to do. Um, I got into it with somebody that, and I have taken it down because, and I'm not going to say who it is, um, because it was handled the right way. Um, and I was, I was very pleased and grateful that it was, that it didn't turn into a war because I would have outed them and, and maybe they knew that. And it yeah. wasn't gonna be yeah. But, um, it was a, it was a me making fun of Gabby Petito being murdered. And, um, that shit's not funny. Like that's, that's not funny. But whenever I post about this stuff, and I know you probably saw this, it always outs the abusers. Because if somebody is, is yeah. making excuses for that, if somebody is justifying it or it's just a joke or you just need to get over it, I'm like, oh, okay. I pray that your daughter, your wife, girlfriend, niece, sister, whatever, is never that mean. Yeah. But you just let me know that your girlfriend or wife may potentially be. By, by obviously. Because yeah. it's not, there's nothing there. And I, you know me, I'm pretty, I'm, I've got 
fucked up sense of humor. I got a warped ass sense of humor. And I'm like yeah. a junior high boy. Like there's like, I don't know if you've ever listened to like the, we not, we like shooting podcast or any of those kind of dudes. Like they all call me bro. You know what I mean? Like I, I have no problem getting in there with inappropriate, you know, jokes and all this kind of stuff. But there's, you just don't fucking joke about abuse and women being abused and murder, but that's just not funny. You know? Yeah, there, there's there comes a time where you're gonna make an edgy joke, and then at the back of it, you're gonna like, it's like okay, there's something else going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we can't, you know, do the edgy jokes just for, you know, edgy jokes' sake. But right. uh, yeah, especially with this um, Gabby Petito thing, I, I had no idea what was even going on with it. I just heard there was yeah. a, uh, you know, some kind of hashtag van life thing going on, and someone didn't come out of a, a national park. And uh, the, the moment I started looking into it, I was like, oh, well, it's obviously the boyfriend killed her and left her in the park somewhere. And then, you know, now this guy's on the run and everything. And uh, yeah. then I saw, like, the memes and the jokes coming out afterwards. And I'm like, I was like, I'm not the one that's going to cry too soon on it. But at the same time, I was like, OK, you know, we can calm it down a little bit. Well, and the big thing is that, well, she stayed or she went back to him and she had a chance to leave him like. First of all, men that say that are usually abusive. They don't think that they're abusive because they're not actually hitting a woman. But what people don't yeah, that's, understand. That's, their presence doesn't equal their consent to it. Yeah. That too. But it's with abuse in particular. I love how, and, and, and culturally we still think this, right? We think of domestic violence as actually a woman being hit. But before a woman is hit, the psychological and emotional abuse goes on weeks, months, years before that that yeah. swing for me it was for me it was a couple of years before he actually took a swing so it they they get you beaten down so emotionally and psychologically first that once they actually start hitting you you believe you deserve it because then afterward they say things to you like i'm so sorry and they'll cry i mean and and you have to understand and i get a lot of heat from this from people that don't understand and aren't willing i don't I, I don't want to say incapable of it but maybe for some of them or they're unwilling to understand i am not defending an abuser when I, I i'm a survivor believe me i'm not i have crowns on my teeth because my teeth were cracked and tended damage. right i live with every day believe me i do not fucking defend defend them but when these these beat when they beat you and they they're crying and they're apologizing in their minds they they mean it because they it, and they, they say, if you hadn't have made me so mad, I wouldn't have had to do that to you. And in their mind, that's justified. They're not saying it to make an excuse. Yeah. It's, it's like people think that they do that because it's a conscious effort and that we're supposed to acknowledge that and say, no, that's not it. Um, and then they, you know, often they'll play the, you know, I need you. I can't live without you. Or fast forward and they've got kids, right? And then they use the kids against you and you know, and all that kind of stuff. In fact, um, tomorrow, uh, if you are, you might want to tune in for that one because it's going to be pretty good. Um, this is a big deal. They don't ever do live streams. And, but uh, Eric Pratt, who is um, from Gun Owners of America. Yeah, Gun Owners of America. Yeah. He and I, uh, he's a friend of mine, and he and I are going to be doing a live stream tomorrow at 1130 Eastern, 830. I know that's early, but Eric's an early dude, man. I'd be like, let's do it at 1 p.m., 1 a.m., right? I'm a night person. Yeah, it's gonna be rough for me to get up and put a bra on that really, but, um, <laughs> but uh, so, but we're going to be talking about, um, and as you know, policy is my thing. I love to talk about policy um, and how policy isn't written 
um, is the way it's going to affect us. But um, we're going to be talking about the Violence Against Women's Act. Uh, of course, they're bringing it up this month because it's October. Um, and that's, right. that's a Sheila Jackson bullshit. And uh, in it is a there's 18 there's 300 some odd pages and approximately 18 ish pages of it is about red flag laws. Mm. And the big to do, well, right. And so the big to do, so up until now, this is super brief because I'm going to talk about this more tomorrow and, and help to give people talking points. And, and not only when talking to other people, but also to, to elected representatives about how to, how to hit this because facts don't matter anymore. Like it's, I've, I've, I've learned this. I've, I've gotten very good since I, since I had my aha moment um, after confronting Kamala Harris in Seattle, um, I, I, I figured, I figured out how to get in. It, it, it's, it's a process, but, um, they've added what they call the boyfriend clause. So up until now, and in most States, domestic violence, domestic abuse, whatever, that's only classified as when you're domestic partners, you're living in the same home. Um, so if you're dating someone and you don't mm. live in this okay. home, it's, it's the, you know, if he beats her, it's, it's considered assault. Uh, so this new addendum that's been added to the domestic, or excuse me, the Violence Against Women Act will allow for people that are dating to be able to red flag their boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, uh, because uh, if they're if they're abused, um, even if they don't live together, which now makes it even harder to prove. So you see why this is a huge, yeah. huge Fourth, Fourth Amendment issue, right? And this is this is. I, I take a lot of heat from this from the domestic violence world. I can actually sit there and, and be a witness to it happening. Well, first of all, if that would happen, I just he wouldn't walk away. But, you know, if I watched another man hit a woman anymore, like that just wouldn't happen. Uh, even even if she started like deescalate, that shouldn't walk away. Right. And, and same thing for you, ladies. Right. One in five men, one in seven men are, are abused. Like, stop that shit. Like, and I would take you out, too. Like, it's just it, it <laughs> that that would be neutral. That being said, I being a hardline constitutionalist, I absolutely am passionate about respecting the due process and the, and the right to due process in the Fourth and Fifth Amendment. So let me be clear, if I'm a witness to it, I'm going to make sure that everything that I say is going to make sure you get convicted. Uh, that being said, you are innocent until proven yeah. guilty. Um, and so, so this is a huge snag. Um, this is going to be a mess. Um, but one of the things that it, how it's going to affect us, and we're going to talk about this at length tomorrow, um, Eric and I are. But one of the things that's going to make it a big mess is, and, and this is going back. In fact, I need to check on her because she's going to. I can imagine she's going to be a wreck. A girlfriend of mine uh, left her left her abusive man, and as they always do, they keep up. They keep up. Right? I mean, mine violated his restraining order, stalking. He, you know, he. And because he was so smart, because they usually narcissists are, are pretty smart dudes. Uh, he took a part, a second job. Yeah, not dummies. Delivering, yeah, delivering pizzas. And um, and, he, and he went to work for a place that was further away from his house so that he could, his delivery drive 
territory was the condo in that my condo was in. Yeah, right next to your house. Yeah. Right. He had, well, in the parking lot. I mean, he would sit in the parking lot because he figured out a way to legally skirt that, that, you know, to get right within, to be 501 feet away. Right. So she, yeah. that, so she, she got away from him and he kept on and kept on and kept on. Well, he kept calling her when I kept calling her when I kept calling her one night. And she finally turned off the phone because he, he, it was one o'clock in the morning. She was tired. And he, she just was done. Two o'clock in the morning comes up and she's banging on the door, banging on the door, banging on the door. So she's like, what is going on, right? She gets up, she's got a gun. She doesn't know what the hell's going on. Um, She almost got killed, thank God she didn't. Um, But he had called the cops and said that she was suicidal and was going to shoot herself. And what a lot of people don't understand- Yeah, because that's gonna work. Right? So there's, what a lot of people don't understand about red flag laws is that the there has been language in place for probably a decade at least that can actually allow for gun confiscation for, for certain situations, domestic violence, uh, mental health being the big one. Um, they're just more in your face about it now, which that's always the way it goes, right? They just keep moving. The yeah. But the language has always been there. So she got lucky. Um, but like I always say, no woman should ever have to feel lucky. No, shouldn't, but we all know how monsters are. So not just monsters, but now the government. So, well, the biggest monster of them all. So, well, that, yeah. (laughs) So, but they're so short sighted in their, I mean, like we can all sit here all day and talk about how we know what the end game is. Okay. We, we do. Yeah. That being said, understand that the people that are out there that support gun control, like the, the, you know, the Twitter warriors and whatever, they legitimately believe it's a safety issue. So like these people are pawns for the people that, and, and I'm t- like, even like the low level senators and congressmen, like they, they believe it's a safety issue, right? You have to understand yeah. like in their mind, it's, it's a safety issue, right? They're not sitting up there, you know, smoking a cigar in a dark room saying we need to disarm them so we can take control. That's bigger. Then these yeah, guys. yeah, that that kind of stuff happens, but it's not with everybody. Oh, it's it's a way and, bigger. You yeah, know. your typical retard on Twitter that's talking about gun confiscation and everything. Yeah. Once you start poking them a little bit with some facts, logic, and reason, they, they kind of back off, or they'll just block you, because right. then they're they don't want to have thinky pain. They don't want to have to think about it. So. Right, and that's and that's you know, or they they you know, if you hear them, well, yeah, you don't need guns and blah, blah, blah. it's, it's, they legitimately are, are coming at it from a place of, of what they have been sold about it being safety. Yeah. Um, they're not, it's not about, you know, whether you and then, and then turn around and talk about defund the police uh, uh, the other side of their mouth. Yeah. That's a whole, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like the cognitive, cognitive dissonance is a thing kids. I, I just, yes. You know, I was uh, like, Oh, you're not ideologically consistent at all. Well, none of them uh, are, cops right? are there to protect us, but we have to defund the cops because they're too brutal. You know, but that's the same thing. Let's be honest, right? The conservative side of it, they're thin blue line. And yet oh, yeah. Cops can do no wrong. Yeah, I love these people. But they're <laughs> going to be the ones that take your guns. Right. You know, and no, they wouldn't. Yes, they would. When a gun is being held to their head. <laughs> Or their family's head saying, if you don't take those guns, we're going to kill you or your family. I promise you, they're going to take your guns. Yeah, I've actually had a uh, an argument about this in a gas station parking lot once. I was walking past a truck and he had the thin blue line sticker, uh, thin blue line punisher sticker 
And did he have the mold? Did he have the moldy labia sticker? Thin blue line. Yes, he had the Malone LeBay sticker and a uh, Gadsden flag. And I just kind of laughed when I saw the stickers. And he goes, "Oh, I guess you're one of those libtards that think that uh, you don't need guns." And I was like, "I was like, no. I just find it funny that you're worshiping cops and then you're telling the cops come and take it." He was like, well, the cops ain't going to come and take it. I know those good old boys. And I was like, those good old boys will shoot you in the face, shoot your dog, rape your little daughter, and they'll laugh about it later once they're told to. Yep. yep. And it may not be the cop from around here. It could be a New York City police officer when they're told to come down here. Yeah. And that's it just kind of makes me bonkers with that. Now, are all cops like that? Absolutely not. I have no. been with cops in my day. One, unfortunately, was actually killed in the line of duty last year. Had it come to that, I know for a fact, without a doubt, that he would have said, Fuck you, I'm out. Like, it wouldn't have done, you know. Yeah, um, they're, 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 there's a population of them that would say no and quit the force that day. But I don't think it's half. Uh, mm, no. I don't think it's May, half. Maybe 12%, 10%. Yeah, I, I think it might be higher than that. I think it might be 25 Well, I guess to be Depends fair, on the area, right? How many, What's the percentage of them not taking the vaccine? That's it right there. Like, that's going to be your litmus test. Boy, yeah. I have an aha moment with that. So if we can see, and sorry. Australian cops are also saying no to the va vaccine, and they're the ones out there cracking skulls right now. So no, that's because they're just getting all that rage. They're, they're getting a rage for the first time in, in a long time because they're all criminals to begin with. But yeah, the the here I would say I, I would think that I, I think it's arguably thirty percent would probably walk on the high end, probably. Yeah, on the high end. Yeah, I think it, yeah. on, the, on the yes, on the high end. I'm my optimistic estimate. Is okay. 30%. Yeah. yeah. So, because I'm taking. Yeah, I have a, I have a very low, <laughs> low <laughs> opinion of well, police officers. I really don't like them, and even the good ones that are out there just writing tickets and you know just basically just trying to do the bare minimum and all that. So they they all grate on my nerves, but that's okay. So as somebody that's had a couple of very, I've never had a lot of positive experiences with cops. Um, I was I dated one, and when we broke up, um, he stalked me. Um, used his powers of patrol to stalk me. Um, and then my situation after my DV and, and what happened with the justice system. And, you know, they're just, you know, it's, it's so I, I, I believe me, I get, I get it. I'm, I, yeah. I, I don't hate, I'm not a cop hater, but I'm certainly not a thin blue liner, not yeah. even close, but I do have to work with them now because yeah. carry the gun owner and carry the, you know, anarchist is, is very much this attitude, but carry runs a nonprofit that still has to color in the lines a little bit. Now, do I yeah. use the right color necessarily? No, I, I certainly yeah. gonna work the system to my advantage, but I do have to there. I work with people every day that do want to trust. Like I have to play in that, play in that a little bit. Like when I teach my, when I teach my firearms classes, it's kind of funny actually, because I, I teach them, I use them as a platform to help encourage advocacy for, for gun rights too. Uh, but I, when I, I'm teaching it, I like Carrie, the firearms instructor, is telling you, you know, uh, things like, yeah. um, which is true, right? Uh, you know, you need to, once the threat is neutralized, you know, retreat to a safe space and be a good witness and make sure you're giving the 911 operator as much information as you can. Then don't say anything yeah. else and then call your attorney. Carrie, the gun owner, right. is telling you, <laughs> you ain't got no legal obligation to call 911 first. And I want my lawyer there as soon as possible. Oh, right. Now, Preferably arriving minutes before the police officers do. All right. So I'm not going to tell y'all what to do, but I'm going to leave that right there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the way I teach.
teach my classes, you know, because I, I get it and I have to work within that. You know, and no, I mean, you know, you kind of know uh, teaching those classes and everything where your boundaries are. You're not gonna, you're gonna get close to that boundary. You may not step over it, but you, you know how to get close to it and and, and use classy. the word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's true. And but it, you know, one of the things that frustrates me is I have yet to meet a cop that actually does that truly understands the 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 multifaceted issues with domestic violence and why they stay and you know because they get really shitty and i get it like and i'm not because yeah i understand it's like your sixth call tonight about you know the same trailer yeah right i mean i'm not i'm not making excuses for them i'm saying that any any human right we i have to be careful with that you know i was in the beauty industry for 30 years and i would have women sitting in my nail table you know, and every two weeks, it's some, you know, he was shitty to me again. He was shitty to me again. It gets old hearing it. Yeah. And so now when I'm working with people or I'm teaching people about, you know, because now I've, I've moved on to actually helping to work with other advocates um, to, to help them identify stuff. And, and you know, or people will call me and they'll say, hey, Carrie, you know, I'm working with somebody. I think she's been abused. What do you think I should do? And uh, I'm like, there's, you have to wait for them. Yeah, yeah, they have to so, want to fix it. Yeah, and it's not that it's not even that they it's not even that they want they want they do want to fix it. Yeah. They don't understand that they're being messed with in the head to so they legitimately believe it's their fault or they legitimately believe if they just XYZ then he'll be better. Like it that's that's real. Um, because they're being manipulated to, and, and so one of the biggest foundations that I hope everybody can walk away with, you know, from this conversation is when you see that and you get frustrated and you're like, well, she must like it if she stays or, oh, well, she, she had her chance to leave. Sometimes they stay because they're terrified to leave uh, yeah. because he's threatened to kill her, the babies, the family, sister, you know, brother, whatever. Um, Usually in these cases, they're put in a financial position where they can't leave, right? In the beginning, oh, right. I just want you to stay home with the kids. And, you know, they've got no money. They can't get out. Uh, the shelters, like that was a huge problem last year. The shelter shut down. So they weren't letting, you know, so these women were stuck at home with these guys. Uh, so there's, yeah. there's a lot of reasons why they stay. It's not necessarily because. And the statistics bear that out, by the way. The instances of domestic abuse shot through the roof. Well, yeah, because um, even the abusers were catching yeah. release. And the, the statistic that's put out there always by the Gabby Gifford, you know, the fucking gun grabber groups is, yeah. is, uh, and I want to say this to you, I want to see if you catch it. I don't think we've had this conversation. So is the likelihood of an abuse victim dying. Let's see. A, a victim will, a victim is five times more likely to die if a gun is in the home. I'm going to say that again. Yeah. A victim is five times more likely to die if a gun is in the home. What are they not saying? Ninety-five percent if they, yeah, not saying by gun. Yeah. gun. Right. Yeah. So I remember when I left the my my ex husband's arraignment after he beat me, and I was sitting there black and blue and, and looking at these guys. They said to me, "Do you have some place to go for three or four days?" And I said, "Yeah. Why?" They said, because the chances of retaliation are, and, and of escalation are significantly higher once they're released from jail. 
Yeah. So women are they more likely sat in the prison and they're stewing about it. How dare you, stupid yeah. bitch, you put me in jail. Why the fuck did you put me in jail? So yeah. it's not when the gun is in the home. It's when these guys get out or the woman tries to leave. And so that's part of what will keep her keep her there as well. The other uh, component of that is, you know, with the whole, well, let's just get them armed. So recently I went and taught a class in Kansas, awesome class. Uh, and I worked with this amazing strong woman, black belt in jujitsu. I mean, this one was a badass, and she was just going through a divorce. He was abusive. Um, he had shoved her, um, by her neck and she was like, I'm out. Now yeah. of course, I work with this. So I know what this is, right? She'd been abused for, for years. She just, it hadn't been physical. So we're sitting there and we're talking and something had happened. He, she got a message from him and, and she was all upset and spun up about it because something with the kids and I don't know, it doesn't matter, right? And I looked at her and there was another woman sitting there who was totally like trying to be like, yeah, well, she's got a gun. Everything's cool, right? She's like, she's got the cognitive dissonance too. And I looked yeah. at this gal, uh, we'll call, I'll call her Jennifer just for conversation's sake. Jennifer, I looked at Jennifer and I said, Jennifer, you're not ready to defend yourself with a gun against him. Yeah. And she, she looked at me and her eyes got big. And I said, he's still too much in your head. If he showed right. up at your home right now and, and you held that gun out and he started talking, you would hesitate to pull that trigger. And the other lady sitting across goes like this. And she's looking at her and she's like waiting to see the response. Right. Cause what she's wanting to hear is Jennifer say the fuck I wouldn't. Right. That's yeah. what, that, because that's, that's what she thinks that she should be hearing because she's in the gun industry. But what Jennifer did was collapsed, put her head down on the table and started crying. And the other one, yeah. like, you know, she kind of looked at me like this and I said, this is why you can't just throw a gun into the hand of a survivor. That's it right there. Yeah. And, and, and it, she just went, she had nothing, she was nonplussed. She had nothing to say. So that's why I go back to that. Like our mission statement is arm the women with education, confidence, and self-defense because yeah. you have to get self-defense is the last thing. Yeah. Last thing. Because they need the, they need the knowledge to under, and, and the confidence to know and the self-esteem. I mean, that just didn't flow well, so I didn't add it in there. But, but, yeah. but the self-esteem comes from confidence and education, right? right? So they have to have those things. They have to understand that their lives are worth saving to begin with. How many times have any of you, you or your listeners or whatever, been in a class and um, or, or heard about, I'm sure you know somebody, who, especially a grandma or a mom, oh, I would never, I would just want to fire a warning shot or can't I just shoot him in the knee? Right? The whole Joe Biden argument, that's real. And that's yeah. real for a lot of conservatives, especially older ladies, a little bit softer. And, uh, oh, I, I, just, I don't know if I could do it. And always, every time in my class, I look at him, I say, well, what if your grandchildren, what if he was after your grandchildren? Well, I would just kill him. And I look at him, I was would, like, you? Well, yeah. would you? Would you? Would you be capable go, of, of doing it? Right. They pause a minute. Well, yeah, I would. Yeah, I did have to touch my grandchildren. So this is how you have to get like It's exhausting, man. Like advocacy is exhausting. And so I look at him and say, so if you don't pull the trigger to save your life, who's going to be there for your grandchildren if or when somebody comes for them? Yeah. So you pulling the trigger to save your own life is protecting your grandchildren, even if they're not yeah. there. 
And that's like, ping, and then they get it. So yeah. this is, and but this is what's missing in firearms education. Are you fucking listening to me, people? This is the <laughs> shit that's missing. Y'all out yeah. there, you motherfuckers, are more worried about teaching fucking trigger reset and, and how to clean well, it's even, it. Yeah, it's gun. even on the guy side. You know, I've, t- I've taken firearm training before, and it was a lot of us like, okay, now we hear that bump in the middle of the night. Let's get your uh, sidearms out. I was like, wait, hold on. I- I'm naked in bed. What what, what comes first? You know? yeah. and, and I just kind of love being the being the prick that's going to ask a question yeah. in the class. Yeah. It was like, it was like, oh, the bump's in the middle of the night. Well, let's see. I'm laying in bed. I have a 100-pound uh, dog on top of my legs. <laughs> Let, let's try to be as accurate as possible. As, you know, the bump happens in the night. I'm not just... You know, gonna stand up and tech and full tech kit, you know, ready so, to go. So you know how you solve that problem, right? Is if you get a hundred pound dog, is you, you create a trip wire at the door that sounds like a potato chip bag. So that when the <laughs> just any kind of plastic, really. Or the potato chip bag, the dog's gonna go running downstairs. Yeah. You've de-escalated the situation. Yeah, we, we had a half-blind, deaf uh, little poodle. And anytime, this, as soon as plastic crinkled in the other room, she was being, what'd yeah. you got? What'd you got? Uh, I was like, yeah. how did you hear that? Yeah, my cats are like that. They're terrible. So, um, yeah. yeah, so it's it's funny. But that's how that is. When, when I talk about changing, like USCC is a little bit, a little bit better. I'm a USCCA certified instructor because um, NRAs was, I felt, just outdated their, their training. But um, even USCCA. As with most does, things at NRA. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a whole other, again, yet another podcast. Yeah. But they, do, you want, do you want to talk about Wayne LaPierre's girlfriend getting an apartment in Manhattan? No. Maybe not tonight. Maybe not tonight. Not okay. tonight. That's like, I, and the suits. and Yeah, it's ridiculous. That was his PR firm. It wasn't him. Come on now. Sure. Wink. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And, yeah. Whatever. So they, so, but that's, that is the 50% of women that are buying guns, right? These 50% of women buying guns, people are assuming that they're carrying these guns. I can tell you that probably less than 1% actually start carrying that gun every day. Most yeah. of the women that come to my classes, if they own a gun or have shot one, if, it's they if they bought one it's sitting in a drawer at home and they don't use it so they come to the class to learn how to use it but guess what they still don't start carrying it for a while so i created a different approach to how like my my fundamentals is a three-part training and the first one is just teaching women how to not have a a mental breakdown and cry when they shoot because right i work with a lot of abuse victims and and or women that are just scared so sometimes they start crying i have to take the gun out of their hand we have to have a reset uh, and they, they, and then the second one is how to draw from a holster. You know, most of these ladies don't realize that there's a shit ton of company, probably, well, an absurd amount of, of holster yeah. makers, right? They just think that Uncle Mike's or whatever from the, from Sportsman's is all there is. You know, they don't know all of this stuff. So I actually do an online, I do it for free. Um, and then they can be like me and they can have an entire drawer devoted to all of the holsters that you bought and don't work. And <laughs> or, or as a woman, the holsters that if you're wearing this outfit, you need to do. Yeah. That don't go. Yeah. This one. So I thought, you know, I, I wear, well, in my past life, now that I'm homesteading, I'm like, sweats a lot and digging in the dirt. But when I, when I was in the beauty industry, I 95% of the time I wore dresses. And so I thigh carry and guess what? I had to sit and train to know how to thigh carry and, 
Yep. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I actually had the layout of my, my studio built, um, to give, to buy me time to be able to jam around because when I would carry on my thigh, I wouldn't carry in a shell holster. I would just carry my soft. So I wouldn't carry chambered because literally as I sit, there was no angle. I wasn't at that. I wasn't flagging somebody in my, in my holster because right. it's facing, you know, as I'm sitting. Yeah. It's facing out. Yeah. So I actually, the, the, the floor plan of my, my day spa was actually created that, that get, for many reasons was security issues. But one of them was I, if I, if I heard somebody coming in, I knew shit was going down. I had time. So, yeah. I, and, and I trained to that. So, um, and, and so there's all kinds of stuff out there that, that, you know, that people just don't think about. It. And that's, that's really a huge problem with a lot of the classes is that, you know, I spend or have spent up to 45 minutes teaching these ladies how to lock a slide back because they've gone and taken another class and they still can't lock the slide back on their gun. That is yeah. a fundamental operation of your firearm that you should be able to do. Yeah. Not only are you getting it into action, but you know, when the gun fucks up because every single one, and this includes the Glocks, everybody, <laughs> they all mess up and you're going to have to clear jam. That's right. just, yeah. And that's, and so I, I want them comfortable knowing how to lock and drop those slides. And, and they don't do that. I mean, I've had women come from NRA classes. Florida is one of the worst states. Like the, they just do it for cash cow money for the concealed carry permits. They're terrible. Yeah. Um, that two weeks prior, she took a class, didn't feel comfortable. So she came to mind. She didn't know how to load her gun. And she had just come from a concealed carry class. Yeah, that's this, this is a problem. okay. Yeah, that's not okay. And this is this is a common problem, though. Yeah. You know, and and, and that's why, like, you know, the the, the gun industry itself, like the advocates, and they hate, hate. Well, they hate me for a few reasons, but that's one because I'm like, you guys all talk to each other, but nothing is changing. Yeah. How do you change it? Sitting there giving speeches to each other isn't doing it. You know, you've got to be changing nope. how the instructors. That's we need to change how we're teaching. We need to change how we're talking to women in gun stores. We need to, that's where the shift happens. I've written a couple of articles. I'll send them to you if you want um, for shooting industry magazine and or for like the retail and you know, the industry that were published. One of them was on how to better sell to domestic violence survivors or, you know, how to increase your yeah. wealth. Yeah, send me the links for them. I'll, I'll, I'll include them in the show notes and everything. So the other, well, I got a big form. The other one was how to reach the, the center the centrist to liberal female. That one was hard to write. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, it was it's a lot of over uh, objections to overcome on that one. Well, the first one I got when I did some interviews is, um, I mean, and I, I went places that make me uncomfortable, like to the alt-left extremists that are still voting for Joe Biden, but they're in the you know liberal gun owners club. And I'm like, you guys are absolutely fucking retarded but um <laughs> i do not do not like speaking of cognitive dissonance right but, yeah um they they um so that's I, I deal with that that kind of stuff but i i asked one of them knowing on purpose i knew the answer i was going to get but i did it anyway take all the goddamn trump stuff down and stop talking about politics and i'm like thank you she goes you're welcome like she thought that she was like and i'm like that is i knew that is not the answer i wanted so I called this this one woman I know who, oh my God, she's amazing. She's this black woman who teaches, um, she's like all about like the goddess, you know, witchy thing. Like she's she's totally in my lane. I love her. Yeah. And I called her and I'm like, we don't go to that. She goes, we don't, black people, we don't go to stores because all them old white men don't talk to, like I was like, mm. 
Like, that's what I needed to hear. You know what I mean? And so she gave it to me straight and I was like, damn, that's what I, you know, what I needed to hear. So um, I'll, I'll send it to you. But that one, you know, last year was the hundredth anniversary of the 19th amendment being ratified. So I, my approach to that one was gun store owners, you know how to talk the second amendment, but do you know how to talk the 19th amendment? Cause that's how you're going to get those liberal women, right? You're going to talk about their rights. Yes. You're going to talk about their right to defend themselves, not, don't love being French. They're not hearing that. No. So. No, because they, they, they've all been told that the Second Amendment is bad. So why even talk from that angle? That doesn't make right. any sense. So Which leads me to the, you know, you had mentioned earlier, facts and logic, facts and logic. And when I confronted Kamala Harris, I had my aha moment. Um, we may have talked about this in your last one, actually, uh, mm. where you, the facts and logic thing, stop with that. Because like, it's it obviously doesn't work. You have to fight fire with fire. Yeah. They arrive to their position using emotions and but reaction. But don't get emotional. So right. that was my aha moment when I confronted uh, her and then I was in the bathroom afterward and two of her little, you know, minions were there, you know, gaga on over her. Didn't say anything about being pro-gun, anti-gun, even when I confronted her. I, I never mentioned it. I don't know if you saw that video, but uh, y'all can Google it if you want. It's, it's out there. But uh, she said, um, I said, I walked up to, in the public bathroom, walked up to these gals and I said, um, oh, it's unfortunate that she didn't want to talk to a domestic violence fighter about red flag laws. And they immediately went into their talking points about, you know, and, which was diversion. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, she's so busy. She's overwhelmed. You know, this yeah, deflection. Yeah. 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 And I said, well, I'm the domestic violence fighter that she wouldn't talk to. And they meet. Oh my God! I'm so sorry. I'm so glad you're alive. Yeah, and sure you are. And I said, red flag laws would keep me from being able to defend myself from my ex-husband who stalked me. And I walked out. They were silent. And as I, an ABC reporter actually followed me out. She heard that interaction, followed me out, and I have that recording. Yeah. Because uh, I sure as hell was not going to let something get twisted. Um, it didn't, never ended up amounting to anything, but I was going to make sure it, it didn't get twisted into something. She was actually quite fascinating. I got the impression she was not too thrilled to be following Kamala around. Um, <laughs> it was definitely her body yeah. and her tone. But um, that was when, so it's like, you know, I'm on my way home and I'm processing this and I realized that these women, this because, right, she was there for an anti-gun, she was on her anti-gun bullshit. That's why she was there specifically. Right. It was when she was still a candidate for president. And it, it occurred to me that the, the need for these women to show me that they were sympathetic to me as a victim outweighed their need to preach their talking points about gun control. Yeah. And because of that, the shields came down and I was able to get in. Now, that's when I said earlier, it takes a long time and it's exhausting. Had I had two, three more weeks with these ladies to plant another seed and then to water it, right? Or plant it yeah, yeah. and then to water it. I'd have had a gun in their hand probably in six months. But I, I'm, I, you know, obviously I didn't get that chance. But that was my aha moment to realize we're going about it the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. And even... Um... On the uh, on the anarchist uh, libertarian side, uh, I've, I've seen guys like try to do the. Uh, it's like, well, no, you're wrong because of this fact and this statistic right here. I was like, nope, going up, going about it the wrong way. You know, statistics can be skewed for any. You can make statistics say anything you want to make them say. 
Right. You know, both sides of that. So yeah. um, 62% of them are made up on the spot anyways. So. <laughs> yes, exactly. Independent fact checkers say that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and she wanted to say, you fuck her, not while I'm drinking. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's, that was my aha moment. And then as I became an instructor and I watched these women in this class and, you know, the first thing I ask in, in the class is, how many of you believe that there's a good, there's no right or wrong answer. You're not being judged. Uh, how many of you believe that there is such a thing as a good gun control law or that there is a law that should be in place? Most of the, most of the students say, well, and they, they give me yeah. whatever it is that they think it should be. Most of them are like, but it's not that simple. Like they get, right? They understand that it's, and, and believe it or not, most liberals actually, not the liberal zealots that's in the fucking keyboard warriors and stuff, but you get out and you go to Starbucks or wherever you go. I don't go to Starbucks because I own guns and they don't support guns. Or on the rare occasion I've had to go in there, I fucking open carry. Yeah. And, and dare them to say something to me because carry the gun there is a confrontational hag. The, they'll, they'll say something to me. They ain't going to say anything to you. So. No, they won't because it messes them up. Like last time yeah. I went and opened carrying with my T-shirt on and said, check your coffee. <laughs> and it has a, has a Glock on the front of it, uh, which I'm not a huge Glock fan, uh, by the way. But um, necessary evil. I, I, I am. I'm the Glock dick writer in the relationship here. Are you Are you a Glock dick writer? Yes. Um, Glock perfection so perfect that you got to change every part, right? That's so, right. But yeah. when put to hard use, they jam the least. So. You know, I have um, a video in my class of a, of, a, of a cop, a female cop, who is getting attacked, and the, she fucking clears a jam like a boss, like, like you know, but it's a Glock, just saying. Yeah, I mean, all of them, all of them will jam. Oh, so. Ironically, well, it's a mechanical object, you're going right. to have to follow um, That being said, uh, all kidding aside, I'm actually a pretty decent shot with a Glock, uh, more than even though the grip angle is all kind of wonky and everything else, even though it, it, with it. it works for me, I'm blessed to, to know, um, an instructor that he actually, he works for Glock and teaches their instructor. You know what I mean? He's like way up the, he yeah. traveled all over the world. Great guy. And I've had a chance to work with him briefly uh, a couple times on, on range days. So I get it. You know what I mean? And now that he he's in Georgia, so because Glock is out of Georgia, so I'll probably go take the time to, to work with him because um, I I was in the live stream with a friend of mine one day, and I had an aha moment again, like for myself, like checking myself. And he he said, uh, you know, we were talking. This was at the beginning of last year when everything was stupid and riots, and and uh, he said, you know, um, you you may not like a Glock. He said but the chances of you being out in a riot or something kicks off and somebody goes down dead, but they have a gun, chances are it's going to be a Glock. And I was like, yeah, dead cops. You're right. That's, that's the other one. Yeah. Dead cops. Right. Yeah. I was like, Oh damn. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was my moment to realize I need to make sure that I'm proficient with different types of, of firearms. Obviously, the one that I carry right. the most, the one that I'm going to train with the most, the most comfortable with, and mine is a SIG. Um, but uh, but I, I definitely make a point of trying to be as proficient at running different types of guns for that reason. And I thought, oh, damn. Yeah. That was an interesting agent. Or, or, you know, Glock mags, there's several different types of guns that Glock mags are actually compatible with. So yep. even if nothing else, you're going to probably find a Glock mag. You know, yep. you know laying down, I was like, that's a good point. You know, yep. you see, that's what you get. This is why you have friends that live in high crime areas in the inner city. 
because I know this shit. So yeah, it was an interesting little. Oh yeah, that's a good point. You know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of where, um, you know, kind of where I am with it with with those, but and and why I have a variety of guns in my classes as well. Uh, because most of my students, like I said, they don't even have a gun when they come because they're trying to get over that fear to begin with. And so I have several different guns and, you know, they're all different fits for everybody. Um, I will say I do have and huge shouts to Taurus right now uh, because Taurus, God bless you guys. Um, they sold me. Um, I was blessed to know somebody that knows somebody and then ran into them at a range day and they sold me guns for manufacturer costs for my organization. They're not mine. They, they belong to my organization. Yeah, yeah. But listen, y'all, y'all need to run that TX-22. Because that is, and that GX-4, that essentially is the competitor to like 365 and the Hellcat. Right. They're nice. Like, obviously, like, they knew that they were in shit, and they brought in a couple of people and said, all right, what do we need to do? And they knocked it out of the park. The TX, the competition <laughs> TX-22 right now is the number one gun. Like, it is the gun. The 22 in the industry. Right all right. Now. Go yeah. shoot. I'm telling you. You're going to be like, oh, my. Yeah, because when you mentioned Taurus around me, I instantly cringe. cringe. And it's not just you; most people do. Yeah. But if you're serious, if you're in the industry and you're serious and you understand and you, you've been watching this, and then you, if you've had a chance to shoot it, I can't wait for you to go shoot one because you're going to be like, oh, yeah. So that GX4 I like. Um, one of the things that's really nice about it for women is it has a really easy slide. Um, there's a video. You should go on my YouTube page. I have a video. It's about five minutes long. A friend of mine who is a YouTuber, uh, he reviewed yeah. it. I want, he did, he was a really good sport. And I said, I want you to review this gun the way you would on your, you know, to talk, like describe it, break it down. And then I'm going to do it. And he says, you setting me up. And I said, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, um, of course, no, I wasn't, but, um, he, so he did. And then I did it and, um, he watched it. He came on a live stream with me afterward to actually say this in front of me. He said, I didn't realize how different it was because he's going on about, you know, the pounds of trigger, you know, you know, all the technical, like stuff you and I would understand, yeah. right? And I get up there and I'm like, oh, and ladies, you'll be able to slide this back. And the, the mag release is in a spot where you're not going to have to adjust. And if you do have smaller hands, guess what? This little thing back here is called a back strap. And this gun comes with multiple versions of it. So you can adjust the size of the grip. And it's yep. just wide enough that you'll be able to carry it in this and this with a dress. And I mean, and he was like, Oh, I'm like, that's your customer. Yeah. <laughs> so it was an interesting to see that that difference, you know, between those. It's kind of cool, actually. Um, and it, so he was really good sport about that. But um, I'm telling you, if you like, if you shot the three, obviously you're a Glock dude, but do you like the 365 or, yeah. If you like the 365. Yeah, I've, I've popped a few rounds off with those uh, from some friends' guns and everything. I mean, they're they're okay. It's not my cup of tea, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can see the point for them. What do you carry? Like a what? What do you carry, 19 or uh, Yeah, I, I carry the full thing, the 17. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, and of course, women, that's that's a little, not. Yeah, that's a little big. Yeah. Well, a lot of women carry it. I mean, I know women that carry it. Um, I know some, yeah. some ladies that use a 17 for their duty gun, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, they. And especially the Gen 4 with the uh, changeable backstrap on those. So. Right. I have, I have a Gen 3. So. And the 19. So it's more like holding a 2 by 4 yeah no kidding so but they uh but my the 19 is what i have for class you know so that it gives them a different size you know concept of, of what i have um and then i have a, you know the 365 and then i have um i've got 
G, I've got a couple of the GX4s now. And then, um, oh, I'm trying to think what else I have. I have a few of them. What else do I have? I got a lot of guns. So, well, kind of. <laughs> I mean, not not in the scope of, I mean, I'm, I'm no uh, Larry Vickers. <laughs> oh, too soon. You know about him, right? Yeah, my, my safe isn't an entire room in my house. You know, it's just, <laughs> I got a few in there and that's it. That's all I really need. So. Okay, I'm going to head out now. No, I'm not. I'm not quite there yet. Well, how big is the room? <laughs> yeah. But I, I teach, right? I mean, I, I teach, and so it's, it's, you know, that's I created an aid. Yeah, for that, for that, it's a, it's a teaching aid for you. So there you go. They are. They well, it just happens to be that they're fun too. But, um, you know, I taught. I created an AR class to destigmatize and take the fear out of ARs. Because I would have women come take yeah. the handgun class all day long, but they were scared of ARs, and I'm like, there's no like literally girls. It's like. That, that LCP you brought to class is going to dislocate your shoulder before that AR is going to. Yeah, so, AR-15 looks big and scary, but it's really, it's really not. It, it's a pussycat as far as rifles go. So They, they really are. So yeah. I, in fact, that happened. I, I took these gals out and uh, I interviewed them afterward. It was just impulsive. Um, and they were like, yeah, we had no idea that they weren't nearly as scary. So I was like, okay, there's something that needs to be done here. So I created a class around that. And a huge shout to Sons of Liberty Good Works, who um, generously helped me acquire one of their ARs. Oh, isn't that a shame? Because, <laughs> <laughs> boy, if y'all aren't familiar, well, you can't get them right now because they're so backed up with their yeah. orders and stuff. But, baby, man, Sons of Liberty makes a nice AR. <laughs> they, they, have a nice, they have a nice AR. So, uh, and, I, and then I have a, uh, then I, I've got a, um, uh, POF, Patriot Ordnance, uh, and it's yeah. called the Wonder, and it was actually designed by um, Frank's wife uh, for women. So it's a little bit lighter weight, um, trigger pull. The grips are smaller. It's kind, of, it's cool, um, and it, it, it's fun because then they can see the difference with them too. You know that they're not all yeah. like the same. You know, um, so that they can experiment. Like, look, it's you know, ARs are just like your pistols. They're not one size fits all, kind of a. And so get them out there loving those guns because you got to get to the women. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good place to, to leave it off. Uh, Carrie, what other uh, plugs can you give right before we go? Got my GoFundMe um, that uh, we are in the process of, you know, for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. All of that money will go to the fund that we keep for women that are leaving their violent situations or women, single women that cannot afford training and their permits. And we help to pay for those. In February, they're trying to move the date on me and I'm holding fast on this one. U.S. Law Shield and We the Female has partnered. And in Houston, we are doing an event. It's the first of its kind ever done where we are bringing all 250, 300 women, our goal is 300 women together. Um, if we get the venue big enough, that's, that's what we're after right now. Yeah. Um, 300 women together and we're going to give them the, our, my Aware and Prepared class. Uh, which is essentially a firearms fundamental class. And we partnered with ranges in the area that are going to give women their live fire training. And we nice. are going to give them their training nice. and their permits for free. That's a good I job. Know. So, That's a good job. So we're looking for sponsors for that too. I'm working on my sponsorship for that um, so that we've got people to help support that. Um, and we plan on taking it to other cities afterwards. So... Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, that's really what I want. I want to arm the women and nobody 
no one. I don't care how you identify. I don't care what your financial bracket is. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care what your religion is. Nobody should ever be denied the, the inalienable right of self-defense. And they sure as hell shouldn't be denied because of financial difficulties and being forced to make a payment to the government for something that is an inalienable right. And right. if you're a woman, um, in particular, domestic violence survivor, single woman, sexual assault survivor, you are elevated in that in that priority list. And we are going to make sure that we get those women armed um, and that they're not being held back because of financial need. Awesome. Well, thank you, Carrie, for uh, coming on again. Uh, I'm sure, pretty sure we'll, something else will happen. We'll have to have you back on in the future, okay? <laughs> thank you so much. All right. I'll say bye to you a little bit later. All right, folks, and there she goes. Carrie from We the Female, and uh, I put a little ticker across the thing, so definitely check down below in the show notes. And you know what goes great with those show notes? A nice cup of coffee, and you can go over to laurenzotti.coffee. Use my promo code RWAC at checkout and save 10% on all of your orders and anything over 15 bucks is automatically free shipping for a great cup of coffee. Anyways, guys, uh, take it easy, and we will come and ask you next time with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. Out. <laughs>